Hi guys and welcome to another Betfair Trading Community.com podcast. Um, today I'm going to be talking about a phenomenon called the attack bias. Okay, so let's just talk about a syndrome that has swept across football betting and many other sports, and it's called the attack bias. The attack bias is simply where as humans, we naturally favour attacking teams in sports um, because we enjoy seeing them play, because we want to see goals rather than no goals. Um, I think we have, well, a lot of us have predetermined bias in that way. Um, and that blinds us and we think, you know, they should beat these defensive teams, even when both sides are equal in talent. Um, this bias is explained as we're programmed to be excited about goals, like I said, for they're the holy grail of football, and therefore we favour those that score them above those that con don't concede them. As a result, we're far more likely to think a good attacking team will beat a good defensive team. Uh, Man United, for example, um, over the years have been a good example of this bias, especially in the post-Fergie era. Um, because, you know, even when Moyes was in charge, they probably had the best attacking line in English football at the time. But did it translate into being the best team in the league? Obviously, no. And they were nine points behind Chelsea, who are often seen as a defensive side. And they were only one point clear of Southampton, again, who at that time were quite a defensive side. So why are they often favoured, despite what stats suggest? We'll take, for example, a team like Stoke, who were in the Premier League for many years and gave many big clubs big problems. Um, when Stoke were coming off a big win against Arsenal, they were at home to Man United, and United were strong favourites. Um, despite being the away side at a place, the Britannia Stadium, it was very difficult to win, um, especially as was at this time under the Pulis era. Um, United were odds-on despite winning only 20% of their away games that season, um, averaging just 1.2 points a game during that span. So why the favouritism? Well, two clear things spring to mind. United's global reputation is so big that people will just expect them to win regardless of form. Um, I think this a good example of this again is is under the Mourinho era at the moment, where um, you know they're struggling to beat teams like Newcastle at the moment, but they will go into those matches as heavy favourites. I mean, you know, and if you if you did take that on, you could make big profits. You know, Newcastle went two 0 up, um, you know, a few weeks ago. So that's how it can happen so easily. Um, Stoke will always be underrated in a market like this against flair teams. Um, Arsenal were also favourites at Britannia. Now, under Wenger, Arsenal, when they went to a Pulis team um, at Stoke, were awful. And they'd often lose or draw. Um, and yet they were favourites, despite their terrible record there over the years. Um, now, this isn't just a British phenomenon, obviously. Last May, well, a few Mays ago now, defensive-minded and incredibly well-drilled unit, Atletico Madrid won um, the league title in Spain against all odds and against money bags Barcelona. Um, and now they were 
1-0 up and almost won the Champions League against Real Madrid. Again, a team that has spent, you know, fortunes more than them. Um, and Real Madrid barely had a sniff until an injury time equaliser and they did go on to win it because of Atletico's tired legs in extra time. Um, but Real Madrid were, you know, heavy odds on. And I think they're 1.5 in the draw no bet market and Atletico 3.0. Yeah, Atletico had, had had the upper hand on Real all season. Um, so, and in the league, actually, Atletico quite often either finished close to or above Real Madrid. Um, but the attack bias will warp the odds on those teams. I mean, another one, for example, is Chelsea beating Bayern Munich and Barcelona on the way to an unlikely Champions League title in 2012. Um they were dominated in terms of shots and possession, which people are obsessed with. Uh, particularly possession bothers me, that the obsession with possession, and uh, there's some sort of rhyme in there. Because possession doesn't always equal goals. There might be a slight trend towards that, and there might be a trend towards that, but that might just be because the teams who have most possession tend to be the better team anyway, rather than the fact that having all that possession is necessarily going to win you a game. Um, so I think that people overrate the statistician um, statistic. I think, in fact, a lot of pundits will even say that themselves. Um, I remember Burnley winning a game against Liverpool not that long ago. With I think they had nineteen percent um, possession in the game, and I think they won two nil or something. So I mean, crazy, but it does happen, you know. So. You can't always go into it with these. And defensive-minded teams are quite happy not to have possession all the time. They like to strike on the counter, which is ironically what Chelsea did against Barcelona to get through in that Champions League in 2012. Um, but they won with a rock-solid back line. Um, and there's a few examples of this happening. Now, I've looked into this and where I've read up a lot about this was a book called The Numbers Game. Um, by Chris Anderson and David Sally. It's a really worthwhile read. I think it's quite a cheap book on Amazon now called The Numbers Game. And it just tells you basically things in football that you know they've researched and looked into that actually um, we wouldn't necessarily think happen, but do. Um, so I think I think it was it's partly cool. It, it, there's an there's a subtitle to the book that says something like um, how everything you know about football is wrong. So a bit of an exaggeration, but you get the point. It, it's it's trying to sort of get rid of your biases a bit and uh, give you that level head you need when you're trading a sport like football. Um, so here's a here's a quote directly from the book between two thousand one two thousand two. And 2010-2011 season, um, scoring 10 more goals than another team over the course of the season was worth all being equal an additional 2.3 wins. So 2.3 wins more if you score 10 more goals. While conceding 10 fewer goals was worth 2.16 additional wins in the Premier League. So conceding 10 less actually was pretty much the same so 2.3, 2.16 there was a slight edge if you scored 10 more but if you did concede 10 fewer it was pretty much the same so actually you know there's a balance there between I'm not saying defence, I'm certainly not saying defence is better than attack 
in this in this sense but i'm saying that it's much more closer to 50 50 than the markets or people will have you believe in certain situations and they're the ones that we want to take advantage of um so yeah when you look at losing matches um scoring 10 additional goals reduced defeats by 1.76 per season okay so the teams that scored 10 goals had 1.76 um, fewer defeats than the ones who didn't score the 10 goals. Um, but conceding 10 fewer goals reduced defeats by 2.35. So actually a bigger margin, there's a 0.6 margin there, which is fairly big and much larger than the margin in the first example I gave you. Therefore, goals not conceded, according to this study, are 33% more valuable than goals scored. Okay, so people might not believe that or understand that, but you know, it's it's very important to be defensively solid when you're looking to win things in football and do well. Um, you know, I know that we're obsessed now with attacking football, and every club has to play the the West Ham way or the even the Norwich way now. I mean, it's ridiculous here and stuff like that. We just like to be in the Premier League, but you know, some fans would would rather see attacking football in the third division, I think. Um but yeah. I mean I, I give one last comparison just outside of football and, and from my own experience. Um and my probably my favourite sport, if I'm honest, American football. Um and I did this a few years ago, but in the NFL, six of the last 10 Super Bowl champions were teams known predominantly for a tough defense. So you had Seattle, Baltimore, Giants twice, Pittsburgh twice, all won the greatest prize in American football by beating arguably better offenses that opposed them. Um, and four out of those six teams were underdogs on the day, incidentally. Again, is that due to the attack bias? Um, that the old adage goes defense wins championships for anyone who played there. I think it was Madden 2005. Um, he used to keep saying that, and he said that in his commentaries all the time. Um, phrase was banded about, like I say, and uh, I think they caught onto something there though. Um, and it's time as football and punters we caught up. I mean, just looking back on the last uh, couple of years, I think the Eagles who won the last Super Bowl again. They did have a good offense, but their backup quarterback was playing, you know. So, and I think their D was the best that season or up there, whereas New England's really wasn't. Um, and and the Eagles went on to win. It was a shootout, but the Eagles went on to win, and then they definitely had the better D. So, you know, I'm not saying that a good defense is better than a good attack, although stats are suggesting this slightly. Um, I think they're both equally valid. I'm just highlighting our natural attacking bias so that we can bear it in mind when placing a bet or trade. Um, if we can learn to let go of the bias, then we really have a big edge on most of the people betting in the same markets. And at the end of the day, that's the most important thing, to have an edge on those people. You know, I hear about people going for over 0.5, over 1.5, over 2.5, over 3.5 goals. 
I rarely hear about anyone going unders and and anyone who's been following me knows that I'm doing a lot of work on unders at the moment because I believe there is um, there is edge an edge to be had in those markets because people don't want unders and what people bet on drives market prices whether we like it or not or whether it's right or wrong it doesn't really matter you know if people pile into a certain outcome the odds come in regardless of the truth of it. Um, I think a decent example of this was Floyd Mayweather when he fought um, Conor McGregor. I think he was he was above 1.2 or something ridiculous. And he thought, you know, this is possibly the greatest pound-for-pound pound fighter of my generation. Um, you know, probably not really disputably. 149 fights out of 49... Um, going against someone who's never fought a boxing match professionally in his life. I don't even think he'd really done a lot on the amateur scene and was a cage fighter. You know, I mean, they're not really comparable sports other than the fact that they're fighting. Um, But obviously boxing is tactically a lot more important to have good tactics and awareness. And uh, I mean, that was crazy odds. It really was, you know, and... uh, I took advantage of it, I told everyone else to. But again, that's that example of people were piling into McGregor, you know, UFC fans who who really wanted to see him do well. And people were actually even trying to convince me that he had a chance. You know, they would argue with me. I mean, you know, it, it begs belief, but that's, that's how the market works. And, and we have different opinions. And uh, thank God we do, because that's how we make our money. If everyone knew what we knew or had our had the correct opinion then we wouldn't get any value anywhere um so yeah just be aware of the attacking bias next time you're going to place a trade and just make sure that you know you're placing it for the right reasons and not because that bias is pushing you towards that bet anyway thanks guys for listening um i hope you've learned something today i know that i learned something even just writing and reading out this article um if you want any more information on us service go to betfairtradingcommunity.com check out the blogs and podcasts loads of content there um and then the, the trial offers and the subscription offers if you do want to sign up okay thanks guys uh, i'll be back with another podcast soon <laughs>